1: Cheaters and welcome to the OSG Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: I'm all right, Josh. Uh, Maybe it's because it's the last match that I watched this weekend, Arsenal-Leicester. But from Uh an FPL perspective, I feel like our FPL teams are Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. You set them out against Leicester and you say, great lineup. (laughs) Leicester don't actually look that strong today. No Vardy, weak defense. What could possibly go wrong? Mm -hmm. And then it ends up a 1-0 victory to Leicester City. So that, I think, is (laughs) emblematic of where we are right now in Game Week 6.
1: Yeah, him, uh, him starting Lacazette after people crowing for him to start him the last few weeks is like all of those managers who, fr- who finally brought Dominic Calvert Lewin in in game week six. He's <laughs> yeah, like, right. fine, yeah. I'm listening yeah. to you. I'll do it. I, I just want to be part of the fun too. Uh, yeah. And then uh, yeah, nothing, nothing happened. It's it's a it was a weird game week, and you know, obviously, uh, very 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 few people have done well, and I I think. That, you know, there is like all different kinds of, and of course, when I put out the call for questions on, on Twitter, um, I got like 70 variations of the like Jim from the office being like, why, you know, whatever, like just all yeah. of these people who are like, what even is fantasy? What's even? but like, it felt like, I, and this is maybe just me, like me, like using my own perspective as too much of a filter here, but it felt like there was, there was a kind of lightheartedness about it that I think you get when, everyone is doing bad you know like when things <laughs> when things are kind of poor across the board mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of fun to like make fun of how silly it all is i think it's yeah. when you know whatever like 35 percent of managers have son and he gets 18 points and i'm telling people captain him and the yeah. people who don't have him are like what was i even do you know then there's like <laughs> there's anger and in this case it was more just like throwing your hands yeah. up like i don't know, you know what to do here
0: I, I think there's a slight difference there as well where when it's a and granted spurs are yet to play burnley on monday re- recording as we do every sunday evening that could still happen but when son goes off you think well this is uh hungman's son coming into form this is a problem that i'm gonna have to deal with for weeks and weeks to come when patrick banford scores a hat trick at the start of game week six you're not suddenly scrambling and i guess we'll have to talk about banford later on in the podcast of whether we should be (laughs) scrambling but it's not exactly a call to arms for every fpl manager suddenly you see a weekend that's peppered with um well, uh, let me ask you this. So I'm looking at the results from the weekend through Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I guessed everything incorrectly. On the right. other hand, none of these results upon reflection look at all improbable. Right. Leeds beating Aston Villa, fine, sure. Man City, re- relatively mute of late. And West Ham, in form, 1-1 one, one, draw. I mean e- – It's not something the bookies would call, but there it is. Mm -hmm. Palace eking out a 2-1 win. Fine. Nil-nil draw. Manchester United-Chelsea, fairly uh, common to predict, I suppose. Sure. Liverpool 2-1. In the old days, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Southampton-Everton is the one that throws you, but then you're like, well, and you pointed this out on the Twitter feed of Iwobi and Sigurdsson starting over Richarlison and... um, shoot who is the uh the other player who is missing from the everton lineup but it's uh, suddenly you're like well then i guess southampton has that cracked in which to to squeeze through yeah so i'm finding all these ways to explain the insanity um of game week six and sort of make it feel like it's quasi normal
1: yeah i mean it, it, you're right because i mean yeah uh, you know, southampton beat everton 2-0 is like if you didn't have the first five weeks to go on, that is – again, that's a very blase score. I think it was – yeah, it was just the the way the points were scored um, and I think the – you know, and even then it wasn't, you're right. Cause even then it's not that unusual, right? I mean, you had, yeah. got, you know, Mane, uh, what picked up like two assists in the match and like, you know, I mean like there, there, there were a things goal and
0: were, an assist. Uh, oh you, no, you're, you're right. right. Two assists. I, 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 I somehow couldn't, <laughs> it couldn't sink into my brain that Jota actually scored in that match. So forget, right. I'll, I'll get yeah. used to this new world that I live in.
1: So I think, I think you're right. I think what was surprising was the reversal of the narrative. Right. Yeah, like right. this, the narrative that Mosala was uh, unstoppable at home. He did score an offside goal, a very nice goal. Um, you mm-hmm. know, very unfortunate for for all of us, for virtually everyone listening that he didn't score that.
0: And put a very beautiful turn off the post. So basically you would say yeah. our hunch was correct. <laughs> To, totally come yeah, off you but. can't
1: be exactly you cannot you just like yeah exactly like you can't be too results oriented about this stuff it just yeah. like it'll drive you crazy like think like i was talking about this before we started the pot i was like i was mad at myself because i i moved from cane to, to solid the last minute but i mean what are you gonna do like he, offside goal hits the post right like and those two go in and we're looking at a 15 point return from him um yeah. you know and he's just, he's always gonna have a ton a ton of chances and i mean you know it, it was a team full of backup players uh i, I mean not, not not a team full of them but there were you know multiple players who were not the first choice 11 plus a forward who was, who got betted in for you know his first start yeah. you know away to his old club yeah. it's a, you know you had to yeah. assume he had some nerves there too
0: Yeah, Jota aside, it's really incredible how the Champions League winning lineup for Liverpool. I I guess you have to remove Van Dijk from this conversation as well. But I'm just thinking of Henderson and Wijnaldum in the midfield and Firmino, for that matter, how utterly average Liverpool looked this weekend. And if you (laughs) Jota compared to the signing of of Jota compared to the signing of Thiago in Liverpool's midfield, I'm just like, you're coming off of a Champions League trophy and the Premier League trophy. You can't afford two additional Tiago level signings. You're signing right. Jota. I mean, we're, we're, uh, the transfer window was a bit odd given the, uh, the elongated end of land, yeah. the short window, long season, and, and, and all of that. I respect that. But, um, it just it's not working it's not working for me man
1: yeah it's it's interesting because it's the same thing with man city where you're like well man city's down a lot of players and you're like but you know really i mean they they roll out they I mean they you know, going into last week, they played West Ham, a team they beat like four or five nil when they played them game week one last season. Uh the team was not that different. You had Aguero, Grant, you know, this is third match back from an injury. You had Aguero, you had Sterling, you didn't have KDB, you had Mares, Bernardo Silver, Silva, Rodrigo, um, you have sent Like you know, like that team is pretty strong. It's not like, you know, it's not like there's just a zillion different massive injuries. It's like it's it's just a strange thing. Like I agree. This is like almost nothing to do with fantasy at this point. Like, but like Mm -hmm. it is, it's just a weird thing where it's like, it does feel like over the last two years, it's like, they're basically the same team, these Mm -hmm. two squads, and they have not really changed in any significant way. Or if they have changed, they've changed for the worse. Right. And you know, and it's, they're, they're not any better. And so it does lead to this strange vibe where it feels like the entire premier league is lacking a, like, at least so far this season is lacking that kind of like alpha team. At the time. You just cannot color pull that after they lost 7-2 uh away at Aston Villa. They cannot they're not allowed yeah. to be the alpha team for a while until they don't <laughs> lose another, you know, they need to yeah. like really like destroy somebody before they can re, you know reclaim that mantle.
0: And no one's ready to concede that Spurs might be the alpha team. I feel like Spurs is a team that only FPL managers are sort of yeah. embracing at the at the moment. They
1: they drop, that, they, they drop three they drop three yeah goals in 10 minutes to west ham at home like that it's over you know like like give me a break like that team's not winning the league not after not after that their defense is too bad it is like it's just too Uh, bad yeah yeah
0: all right that is a that's a perfect debrief on where we are with the premier league today's episode josh we are gonna we're gonna talk a bit about where we are through game week six and preview game week seven yeah, But Josh, you are you're looking to dedicate this episode to the year of the what now?
1: <laughs> well, it's it was going to be, uh, as we all know, this was the year of the um, slightly ridiculous uh, movement of all of these forwards into the midfield spot. Um, you know, where Abamyang, a, a one of the great forwards in the world, is now classified as a midfielder. Uh, Marcus Rashford, all intents and purposes, a forward, certainly playing as a forward right now with Marcial out, uh, classified as a midfielder. And the idea was, oh, it is the year of the forward, and we should all be thinking. You know, it's too bad you even have to field one forward this season. You know, yeah, <laughs> so right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, play five across the middle, spend all your money there. And, you know, lo and behold, we're we're six weeks into the season and the move was to have three forwards like three three fairly expensive forwards not you don't necessarily have to break the bank although kane has been very good but like any like the 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 eight million plus forward line has been extraordinary well actually i'll, I'll include Calvert loon in that too so let's say the seven million plus forward line um has been extraordinary this season you have kane you have calvert loon there's a question here from uh, andrew sigel who says uh forwards can i own more than three i have kane dcl and mape i'd also like to own bamford antonio ings jimenez wilson and vardy maybe at some point aguero Marcial, Jesus, and Warner. Warner, <laughs> Werner. Werner? Uh, Werner. <laughs> that was uh-huh. me. Not, yeah, uh-huh. that was not a phonetic uh, pronunciation. Uh, so he says, what to do. Yeah, it's isn't it fascinating? I kind of, in hindsight, having just played my wild card, I, I don't really know why I didn't put even more money into my forward lines because it does seem like, um, I mean, like Ings and Jimenez, right? Like Kane and yeah. Ings like Like Maybe that's just what, what we should be doing with our money right now.
0: Yeah, I, I I think there's truth to that, and it stings a little bit because I moved Ings to Kane this week, so I missed out on his two assists against Everton, and that just kind of felt right. I I was picking I had a, going into this week I had a forward line of Jimenez Ings and DCL DCL undroppable. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, prior to the Southampton performance,
1: sure, five consecutive you know matches with the <laughs> yeah. return. No yeah.
0: one's no <laughs> one's arguing this. Yep, Jimenez and Ings. It, I just you just felt that Jimenez played for the stronger team, and they right. had the better fixture in Newcastle. And um, I don't I don't know really know what I'm trying to say here, but I I just decided trying to move and justify Ings.
1: your transfer. It's a <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly. Um, but I think it. I think it is justifying the theme, and that yeah, now I, I, it's like I still want him, and maybe a little less than Ings now. But I, I would. I would love to have Ings back. But I also am glad I have Kane, and I don't want to yeah. give up DCL. So yeah. those are four forwards right there, where I would gleefully change the rules of FPL to make that happen. And I think one of the bigger issues too with midfielders is <clears throat> the year of the midfield. It it sort of um, it was dangling over our heads going into game week one just because of all of the midfielders that we wanted were so expensive, yep. and the structure of our FPL teams was so precarious because of how expensive these uh, alluring midfielders are, yep. and. And there is all this worry of if I put m- too much money in my strikers, suddenly I'll be prevented. I'll be blocked from getting into the Manchester midfield when the time is right. I'll be blocked from doubling up on KDB and Sterling yeah. or Mane and Sala. So there's just a lot of scary scariness there. Meanwhile, the forwards, as you say, Josh, are just doing the business.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I have, you know, I have Ollie Watkins who looks fine. Uh, missed a big chance at the end of that match. He's very active, runs around a lot. Uh, but, you know, you compare him to someone like Raul Jimenez, who I could. So I have two transfers going to this game week, and, you know, Marez uh, out is almost certainly going to be one of my transfers. Um, and I'm really thinking I may move Watkins to one of these forwards because. I just hate watching these Wolves matches without Raul Jimenez. Like he's, he's so good. Like he said, I mean, his, you know, Michael Cox heard this on, on Twitter too, but like the anticipation on the. I don't know if you've seen, I know you were traveling back from vacation on Sunday, but I, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the goal that he scored, but it was I incredible. Did, yeah, yeah. You know, to, I got, to, I
0: got home for the second half of the Wolves Newcastle match. And okay, yeah, um, quite a goal. I mean, Darlow, who was the darling, forgive the, uh, the, the conning wordplay there. Last game week, you do wonder if there were two Uh, two two great two great goals clouded in a lot of harsh goalkeeper criticism with the uh, the Murphy free kick as well. But um, that was a slow, very slow motion goal that him and his
1: had. But I think when you have a forward as good as him, it was that long to line it up. I mean, yeah. like he just ripped it. And it's, you know, I mean, he got a palm on it. But I, I, I thought, you know, I mean, you know, Patricio sort of famously is like just like he has like near post troubles. Like this is just area where – Seemingly every year in the Premier League, gets beat at the near post a few times a year. Yes,
0: and And, NPS he suffers from near post
1: syndrome. He does. Um, So I, I, but I, but again, even in that case, I thought it was, uh, you know, he's he's obviously a very good keeper, and so, but it was just like I I thought he kind of it was it was a sneaky free kick. I thought it was kind of, you know, it was very clever, and they had. I I think if you're if you're in
0: Patricio's place, you'd expect the near post to come over the wall as opposed to like hip height around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you wonder if the wall was slightly misplaced, whatever we, we don't need to litigate that goal. (laughs) We actually love that goal, Josh, because we are both Romaine SACE owners and we go from the blessing of a locked clean sheet to suddenly everyone with other wolves defenders getting a clean sheet wipeout. Additionally, that <laughs> move saves <laughs> into the bonus point category. Just yep. a a hilarious all-time FPL transformation moment that I will it, always remember.
1: It was great. And some people were like, Oh, should I be worried? Uh should I be more happy about the, the goal and the bonus or the 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 bonus point or worried about his place in that team? And I was like, be happy about the the clean sheet and the bonus point and the bonus point. Do like, yeah. Worry about that tomorrow. But today we you've lucked into a five like five points that anyone who had Someto or Camedo, by the way, Brandon. I you know I know Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty is a close personal friend of mine. Yeah. Camedo is no Matt Doherty. A no. talented player, but I it's he's just not. Uh, he doesn't have that same spark. I I, I feel like I, I feel like I've never even seen him. Like, I feel like I've never even seen him, like, set a cross into Jimenez. Like, it was all this talk about this this Mexican national team connection that we were going to mm-hmm. see. But they don't really seem like they're like, simpatico the way Doherty and, and Jimenez were.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i waiting for that chemistry to pop up, too. There's a lot of chemistry that is yet to appear in that Wolves lineup. Neto being chief among them. Like, to yeah. see potents coming off um and i know our friend dan would liken potence to a sparrow and we would have to treat him as such but he was trying netto yeah. was um i more cunning wordplay for you josh that yeah. was a net negative to have well, net i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to
1: upend i don't want to upend the whole pod structure here but just because <laughs> okay. we're right gonna order. We're just but, keep, but, no, keep talking but, yeah no, but because uh, because you brought it up, I, I will uh, I'm going to move this up here, which is a lot of people asked about Daniel Potence. So um, you you still have Potence in your squad. Um, yeah. You've started him the last two weeks, I believe. Yeah, um, if not three or whatever. And what is your you know, what are you thinking about Potence right now? Is it like urgent, like sirens going yeah. off? He's got to go. Or are you like, oh, he's almost there. And it's like a um, uh, it's like a Shea Adams type thing where you're just like, ah <laughs> oh, like it's, it hasn't quite happened yet.
0: Yeah, it's an odd one. I think you have to talk about what your expectations are for that price point. And uh I mean Podence, you would like him to do something, anything, yeah. um, at any price, and he's not done that. He looks good, and I think he looks good enough to be a five point five mid. Mm-hmm. However, so I have Sace, Potence, and Jimenez. Watching Wolves, as much as they've come through for and helped me the last couple of weeks. Triple Triple Wolves is too much Wolves cover yeah. at yeah. the moment. So I would like potents to go. I'm kind of the wrong person to ask, though, because... Uh, I also have van dyke still on my team along with Lucas Dean. so mm-hmm. potence is going to be sticking around for quite a while longer <laughs> while i sort out a few other issues over
1: the, over the coming months in the months to come you will you will resolve your potence question yeah uh, but that's more of a boxing day problem I will uh, if you're yeah.
0: looking for if you're looking for somebody to move potence to let me just show you to adamola Lookman on Fulham <laughs> uh-huh. Fulham are crap we don't really need to to talk anymore about that, but yeah this guy, unlike Loftus Cheek, has gotten the message that he needs to save his career and he's working toward that. Whereas right. Loftus Cheek is in some sort of dreamland. I don't know what he's doing. It has not worked
1: but... out for Loftus Cheek so far. <laughs> that that is a match they really needed. I felt like that yeah. was Fulham needed that win. Yeah. That was yeah. not encouraging.
0: Lookman, uh, looked really good. So I think yeah. he's an interesting move from potence to save yourself a little money mm-hmm. and you've got yourself then a fifth midfielder that you can bench week to week if you need to. Yeah,
1: I had to go see a man about a chair. Uh, so I did not, uh, I did not watch that match, Brent, at least the first half of that match. But Look I, forward
0: I, to chair talk once oh, we get I, offline I here.
1: I, I bought that chair, too. I'll tell nice. you more about it later. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and we're going to talk about Zaha in the next section. So uh, on that note, uh, just something to think about. I think that maybe we are – we've been very focused on the midfielders and getting that right, uh, but there are some extremely talented, extremely affordable uh, forwards out there, especially uh, especially Aang's and Jimenez, who are doing it every single week. Uh, and Jimenez still has a nice... And the, the, the beauty of Jimenez is, you know, the the downside is that you rarely get the Hungman Sun level, like, 23-point return or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's so consistent. It's just incredible. I mean, you know, eight, nine points seemingly every week, and not at an insane price point. I mean, you're almost never going to captain him, but that's yeah. fine, you know? It that,
0: is it yeah. is the, quote, that man again syndrome mm-hmm. that yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam Hurry points out a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's always going to yeah. be human as if it's a wolf's goal.
1: It's like the backbone of a good team is having, you know, a few players like that. It's like Kevin De Bruyne was like this before he kind of exploded last year. You know, it was like, he was, he was obviously last year he was, he was current, but before that it was, he was like a player you had who cost like 9 million or 9.5 and he would just get you, five to seven points five to nine point you know like kind of yeah. in that range you know constantly mm-hmm. Yep. so all right so let's take a break and uh, we'll get back we're going to take about five questions for game week seven all right brandon uh, just quickly i want to say thanks uh to all of our patreon supporters and thank you to uh everyone who we had a you know, big surge of supporters who joined uh, before the uh, harvey milk mustache cup kicked off in game week five and i brandon unless i get I think I would need Lampy to get me, like, 35 points for me to win <laughs> uh, my matchup tomorrow. Uh, so, congrats to Alexander Sundag-Skins, who absolutely kicked my ass uh, in uh, the Harvard Milk Cup this week.
0: I haven't even looked at my Cup matchup because, uh, yeah, I just couldn't bear it. Really, really rough week for, <laughs> for yeah, a lot of so,
1: people. Yeah.
0: We'll see. Maybe the maybe the Wolves match uh, took me to the next level, but I'll check that later when I'm when I'm feeling more girded.
1: That's fair. So uh patreon.com uh slash always cheating is where you can go to say thank you uh to to me and Brandon for uh, for creating the pod and um, and to keep you know all the I mean the server lights on and all that stuff. But you know uh, we try to we try to make it worth your while by adding a bunch of uh, features. Uh, we do an extra podcast each week. We offer the week in review newsletter, which is courtesy of Minute League. Those have been uh, extremely popular. I know that people really love to uh, to see those because it's even if you are you know seventy two spots back or whatever you can still pop up and, and be featured uh in that in that mm-hmm. newsletter so people really enjoy that uh we talked about the always cheating cup uh, you know we're gonna this is like a trial and if it goes well we're certainly gonna do another one of those in the second half of the season um yeah. and then you can talk uh strategy with us and fellow supporters on our always cheating slack network and uh, we had some new supporters this week too brennan did we not
0: yes oh we did and we love them all and i will thank them now patrick russell <laughs> thank you sir pirate angel fake name a real name we thank you david hector uh uh are you related to michael hector i hope not because i'm sure it's gonna be a very awkward thanksgiving this year and glenn sanders we thank you thank you for your support
1: well, is david hector american brandon is he gonna he's gonna come back to the states for oh, my, <laughs> uh, yeah michael hector a famous Moore, hector. Uh, ce-
0: celebr- celebr- celebrator of thanksgiving no doubt
1: <laughs> all right so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the pod and get all that free stuff game week seven kicks off on friday with wolves palace should be kind of a fun match i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that one uh, yeah, I'm, yeah i'm
0: i'm trying to kind of tabulate because i'm so heavily invested in wolves right now how to call that one and i am totally gonna derail the uh, running order yet again just to do a little palace corner here but sure my my idea of palace continues to be true it does not matter who they start in that palace defense scott Mm -hmm. dan this week um, alongside a new signing, Klein, they uh-huh. and they still look absolutely phenomenal in the back line. I don't know how they yeah. do it. Actually, I have an idea how they do it. Yeah, at uh, Craven Cottage, you know, they yeah. they dimmed the uh, the broadcast fake crowd noise, and uh-huh. all you could hear were the assistant coaches for Crystal Palace screaming nonstop for the entire. 90 minutes and i think that's why palace are so organized is because they have a bunch of crusty old white guys just screaming their brains out in these athletic shorts on the sidelines
1: well here are the two predictions i will make brandon one is that wolves will not score in the first half and (laughs) the the second one is that palace will concede a goal in the 85th minute or later i think that is very much in keeping with what we've seen so far this season
0: Right, like Wolves are the NBA team, like the NBA famous for you don't have to watch a uh, professional basketball game until the fourth quarter because that's when the only action happens. So Wolves are kind of like the NBA team.
1: Yeah, and I guess Palace are too, right? If you want to see them concede a goal, just (laughs) wait until the last (laughs) waiting minutes and and (laughs) you'll see it. Um, So actually that that leads us right into question one, which is uh, do we have to take X player Seriously. And so I've got I've got two here. Um, and just because we started talking about Palace already, um, Zaha, you have been more pro Zaha. And then you sort of chickened out on Zaha. And yeah. now he has been punishing you for chickening out on him. <laughs> like, what's what What are you? You know, what, where are you with Zaha right now?
0: I'm I'm big on Zaha right now. And I felt like, OK, so I scouted Zaha preseason. You know, I was mm-hmm. the one. And as you say, I chickened out. I didn't have the courage to actually put him into my game week one squad. And he has had these peaks and valleys already this season. But for the most part, he's been great. And you look at Palace's fixtures and after Wolves in game week seven, pretty, pretty great run with Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle and West Brom. So the problem with Zaha is not the player. Because I think he is in great form and will continue to be. The issue is this price point. So, right. where a lot of us are with our squads in our midfield right now is Zaha kind of fits squarely into the Jamez Rodriguez spot. And yeah. I don't really know how you could compare the two because the issue that you would have with Zaha compared to Jamez Rodriguez is Zaha's avenue to points is more limited than Jamez's is. So if you could find a way to turn to upgrade your Daniel Podence midfielder to a Zaha, then I would say like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Let's party.
1: I mean, Rodriguez, I think, is there's a little bit of worry now, I think, about about his value. Um, I, I don't think it's an urgent thing that it has to get resolved. But I mean, Everton are now down two fullbacks, right? There's there two starting fullbacks. And yeah, Richarlison Coleman
0: and Dean, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and, Richarlison. and they still have Pickford in goal,
1: and they still have Pickford and goal, and we, have, I think we saw today that without without Richarlison pulling that team up, like pulling the defense apart a little bit on the left, yeah. um, it it does narrow things. I mean, what was it like? Uh, um, was it was it was it the Dominic Comer like didn't have a single touch in the box or something like that, or it was like in the in the second half he didn't have a single. I mean, that is that is so you know, um. Was different than what we had seen from him uh, up until, um, up until this game week, and so yeah. it's interesting. It's you, you wonder
0: interesting. if Everton is that team where, if they have their perfect starting eleven, then we will get what we saw the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. But they that, there there is a knife, knife's edge there, and if something yeah. goes wrong, then Everton just totally falls apart. So yeah, I, I share mm-hmm. that concern and uh let's see i'm trying to see if we have any questions about uh defense or lucas dean because for me with dean um if i have to get rid of dean i don't know that i ever come back to triple everton because i do think that these concerns will be about everton all season
1: yeah it's their when they their their full 11 is healthy and playing, they look Champion, like I don't know, like borderline champions. Uh, we, you know, obviously we're, we're, we have a small sample size here, but they they looked very impressive to start off the season. Um, and yeah, without when when yeah, but as we said at the start of the podcast, once once you have to integrate, you know, the Sigurdsons and and a into the team. And I mean, listen, like they're they're not terrible players. Um, Sigurdsson is a is a once great fantasy player yeah. or, or a great great player in general, right? I mean, he was a talismanic force for for Swansea for many years. But, um, you know, I, I do think kind of the, the best is you yeah. know, behind him a little bit. Uh, only to, to bring it know. back to
0: Zaha, though, Josh, a yep. fun fact that came from the official FPL Twitter account. Wilford Zaha already, after game week six, has twice as many bonus points, one more goal, and 40% of all of the FPL points that he recorded in the whole of 2019-20. <laughs> so crazy. he's... He is skyrocketing right now compared to what we have okay. seen in the past. He's a man in form.
1: Somebody – I saw somebody say, uh, uh, didn't anybody tell Zaha that the transfer window closed? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it's it's a slot issue. I think that if Hamaz Hamaz was limping a little bit at the end of the Everton match too. So I, I think he's a good Hamaz replacement. If you wanted to be bold and drop Hamaz early, I think that he is a contender because – just because the fixtures are good, he's on pens apparently. So I think that 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 does help him a little bit too, because uh, he can now he can now earn and take his own penalties, which is uh, <laughs> yeah. a nice a nice double double feature. Um, yeah, I think I would still lean towards the Grealish. Um, honestly, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I, you know, I've never been like his, his biggest fan, uh, but I have been super impressed so far with Ross Barkley and, and Everton and uh-huh. how he's looked. And, um, I think that he is a, a real viable, um, uh, real viable fantasy asset at only 6 million. I think that you could probably get yeah. what you're going to get out of Wilfred Zaha for Ross Barkley for like 1.2 million cheaper. So that's another player to consider.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's an interesting one. No concerns after their, their demoralizing defeat to Leeds. I mean, it seems like Leeds are going to be a team that just does yeah. this to various teams throughout yeah. the season.
1: It was a funny game. Uh, I thought Everton kind of had it in hand for a while. I swear the the entire match, and I say this as an Villa. Zone, Villa, so. you, you
0: keep saying Villa, Ever- you keep saying Everton when you mean to say Aston Villa. So Aston, <laughs> you thought Aston Villa had right. it in
1: hand. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm packing for a move. So, you know, I, I'm <laughs> going to try to give myself a kind of lame excuse here. Um, yeah, Aston Villa. I thought that Aston Villa looked pretty good in that match. And then the whole match seemed to kind of turn after this long – mazy run where um there was this hot ben arfa ask run from 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 jack grealish and it was like he was just ignoring yeah. every teammate had a chance to touch that ball yeah. and they all Ollie got more so was
0: like had to actually get run to get out of the way
1: yeah he had to get he was standing there completely unmarked and he had to jump out of the way so that grealish <laughs> could finish whatever it was he was doing uh and yeah, ultimately it was him so gassed yeah, he held, he was so gassed that he had to like he basically whiffed the ball. Uh I mean he also had a goal cleared off the line and and you know, near assist. I mean he he is a really fun player but it's kind of like it does it's not quite working yet uh it's, it's not all completely integrated but um i i don't know i just think i mean barclay to me is it's a value thing i just think um you know he he opens up he frees up some money like for me i'm actually thinking about barclay this week uh i could i would i could go mares to barclay and then i could go Watkins to ings or Jimenez. Okay. Uh, and that would, I could do that. Um, I have like exactly enough money to do those. Moves. Okay. Now so I'm, now taken. I
0: understand how Barclay popped up in this conversation. You've been slowly well, talking yourself into Barclay for the last, however many hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> th- yeah, that's the, true enough. But like, you know, it's uh if I'm talking myself into it, it's, it's worthy of talking on the pod. Sure right? enough. I, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in I that will. spot where I'm looking yep. for. Players in that range, uh, and Zaha I just sort of looked off. I, I, I just can't quite do it. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because right. he just like he 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 just runs so hot or cold. And um, I guess this is a hot season for him until he drops off again. So yeah. I'm just not a full believer yet.
0: You are scared of when that drop that drop off could happen at any moment. So do we need to take Zaha seriously? Check. Do we need to take X seriously? Next up, uh, this question is from Miggs, who wants to know yeah. about. Patrick Bamford. So, Josh, I was in Connecticut this weekend on a little sort of R&R retreat. And uh, during the Villa Leeds match, I went on a nature walk, a hike, beautiful fall colors everywhere. And I realized the last time I had been on a similar nature walk was when Villa were playing Liverpool when Ollie Watkins scored a hat-trick and Villa uh-huh. absolutely destroyed Liverpool. So I'm thinking as I'm like surreptitiously, like hiding this from my wife, like following this match on my phone while I'm supposed to be marveling at um, sure. God's world and all that sort of thing um, is Watkins going to do it again. So I'm here to tell you that it's not that every time I go on a walk that Ollie Watkins scores a hat-trick, but we can at least guarantee that someone will score a yeah. hat-trick. And that someone this week yeah. was Patrick Banford. Are you sold? Uh
1: listen, I don't want to you know, my my priors on Patrick Banford were that he wasn't very good. Uh the knock on him is that he doesn't take advantage of his chances. This was a big knock on him uh even last year uh, in the championship where he was pretty good. Um good enough to, to start for them. I still wonder if rodrigo is the long-term forward possible i know they're playing together right now but i think a possible replacement for him um it was it was like estavilla just kind of lost their legs a little bit at the end of that match and um there was a moment after he'd scored his first goal where um he like if he fell in the box and then tyron ming so i'd been big upping and then had a absolutely terrible performance um like it was almost like he heard my podcast and he was like i'm gonna show you for talking about how good he is like i talking about how good i am like it was it was crazy how bad he was in that match um so tyron mang's like picks up bamford and kind of like he's just like a little rough with him and um just like a little bit like like get out of my box sort of like just you know just like sort of uh-huh. being kind of a like like a like you a, like a, like you see like van dyke do this sometimes too you know just like get out like get out of here Shoot. uh and it's yeah and it's exactly and it seemed like like Bamford, you know, I mean, Bamford's like, you saw, he looks like a, you know, he's just a white dude like us, right? You know? so like, like, he's like a whatever dude. But it was like, it seems like... He, uh, like I believe the word
0: is Muppets. Muppets
1: word. I, mean. I look like at Jack Grealish. He does not look like me, right? He's not, he's not a white dude, but he's like, a, he's in a weird Peaky Blinders, you know, I don't even know what's going on with him. But I see, I see Patrick Bamford. I'm like, oh, that could have been us. You know, I don't know, mm-hmm. like a little taller, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Sure. Like, Find Um, some
0: magic boots in the attic and suddenly you're, you're, you're striking for
1: leads. (laughs) It's it's hard to, it's hard to look at him and be impressed, but so, so the
0: finish, the finishes that Bamford had after this incident though, were sublime. His final finish in which he delicately um, caressed the ball into the side netting between three different Villa players. It was, I mean, it's, you can't really say this, but I, I've, found it to be a esque. it was just it was the most yeah. beautiful delicate continental touch to score that goal and uh if he scored those goals out of anger then yes i guess we can move on but i'm, I'm just looking at his previous returns this season that yeah. crazy 4-3 against liverpool in which he scored then he has returns against fulham and sheffield united who are just having awful starts to the season yeah. and then um blanks until we get villa again in game week six so yeah i don't know if i'm trying to read the tea leaves a little bit too much here but the fixtures are trying to tell a story to me
1: yeah and that story is bring in patrick Brantford. That that's <laughs> this is the story
0: <laughs> well Quite, well I, I i i to to respond yeah. to that if you look at yeah. leeds upcoming fixtures they're not awesome Leicester yeah. followed by Palace in game week 8, Arsenal, yeah. Everton, Chelsea. I feel like it's going to be rough waters for Leeds, you know, as as sort of arcane as sort of archaic as they are and that's kind of what, what you'd like about Leeds. You're not going to be able to predict these returns uh, at all.
1: Yeah, I, I mean at 5.8 like it's it's clearly, you know it's it's in that like kind of Barkley category where it's like, well, at that price you know you might as well get i i feel like this this all this forward talked in this today's podcast is just the the whole point here is don't bring in ryan brewster i feel like i feel like that is the the theme is at least give yourself three like three you know was it bites the cherry is that the expression brand sure. bites yeah, the yeah. apple whatever bite, yeah bite like the cherry forward score goals like it, it you do better in fantasy when you have players who can score goals like you know, I, I just feel like having like, have, have, at least a Patrick Bamford in your team is, is what I'm saying. Um, but you know, am I sold on him? No, uh, not really. Uh, I think, uh, I'm sold on leads as a team for sure. I think that they are hugely impressive. And I think, uh, you know, I talked about Barkley, but I was also looking at – I mean, Helder Costa looks really – I mean, like, I, you know, Harrison, Costa, The problem with those – with all the leads players, I, don't, I feel like I don't know which one to pick. You know, like you you tried out Jack Harrison for like one week, you know, and it didn't yeah, did, – that was it, not fun. And it didn't work, and you're kind of like, well, who do I even want on this? You know, it's like I hate, I hate to even pick up like a Leeds player if I don't even know which one – um, is the right one to get. It feels like that's, it's unresolved. So give me Ross Barkley is going to shoot like any, any time like he sees daylight and, uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll table the, the leads midfielder question for now, but, uh, the defense looks pretty good too. I think
0: Uh great transition to question two of this, uh, yeah. Podcast looking ahead to game week seven, Boston prof asks, what would be your ideal back three, At the moment. And uh, this question, I'll I'll be honest, it kind of makes my stomach hurt. It's a
1: doozy. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I don't. Just
0: looking ahead to game week seven, I have one player who I think is guaranteed to start my defense. And that's James Justin. Sace, Mm -hmm. his position is under threat by, um, by the rotating fullbacks at Wolves. Tyreek Mich- Mitchell looks like he probably will move uh, mm-hmm. to the right to accommodate PBA and Klein want to drop to the bench. Dean and Van Dyke are out. Um, it's just absolutely bananas out there for yeah. defenses.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head because the, the Sace thing is what really concerns me. Um, I think that um Yeah, I think you just want some rotating 4.5 million fullbacks, right? I still think Robertson offers good value. I know he didn't have a great match, uh, but I, I thought he looked awesome. I actually
0: thought Robertson looked awesome against Sheffield United. uh, Yeah, and particularly if you want to compare him to Trent, Robertson was just streets beyond him, continuing the season form here.
1: Yeah, I mean I I guess I yeah, I, I guess it's just that he didn't have any attack in returns a very narrow minded fantasy way to look at. He always looks good. And I think I, I agree with you. I mean, I guess I guess Trent in theory had the assist for the solid goal that 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 was that was chalked off. But yeah, I think the Robo versus Trent discussion feels like it's it's pretty like I think you can pretty firmly put a marker down that Robertson offers, you know, um as much if not more for 0.5 million cheaper, and so yeah. he seems like the the better the better pick. So I'll go with him just because I feel like I'm. You know, there's two ways to get returns from him. Sace, I mean, I, I guess I'm just looking at my own team and I'm like, how much how much would I change on a wild card? Um, I've got uh, Robertson, Sace, da- Stuart Dallas, Matt Target, and Tariq Lamptey. If we assume that Sace is safe and that he'll go back into that center back, the back three, if Samato mm-hmm. gets a spot back, which I think is probably the case. I mean, people were like like just totally dismissing that. But I mean, he played there all of last season and they were quite good last season, you know, defensively. So I I I know he had a couple of poor games uh this uh this fall, but I, you know, or like in the first couple of matches. But I, I think that he's still um I, I think he has a spot regardless. So you know, looking at it through that lens, I'm not really sure. Maybe Kyle Walker Peters. I, you know, I'm not sure. Like, are there are there players that you don't have in your defense? I mean, you're you're replacing Van Dyke this week, so I guess yeah. you must be thinking about this a little bit.
0: I am thinking about it. And so, the conventional thinking going into this game week was Aston Villa looked to have for FPL value the sturdiest defense. And so, right. look at Matt Target, or if you if you want um, a different a Different level go for Kansa, like the, right. the, those two cheap starters for Villa. And, uh, um, I guess I, I just don't know what to take away from that Leeds performance. I still have to believe that Villa have a, a pretty decent defense with Southampton in game week seven, Arsenal in game week eight, followed by Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley. Decent enough. So, mm-hmm. I think that I'm gravitating toward also, I mean. For those of us who have Matt Ryan in goal, the Martinez specter looms large because, I mean, if if you had any reservations about uh, Martinez after that Leeds game, like if you can walk away from a 3-0 defeat and your keeper has three points, that's a victory. So yep. I think yep. the Martinez still being the GK of the season continues. There's, yep. there's no shred of doubt there. Um, so I just think Villa is the chief value defense that I want to yeah. buy into yeah. beyond that. Yeah. I think, um, Brighton maybe and palace. So I wish that Kuyate were a defender because that would be the guy Yeah. for, for a moment you were thinking Joel Ward was a 4.5 fullback that was locked. And then he gets pushed out of the squad entirely yeah. by Klein. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I think you can be encouraged by the fact that, uh Klein subs off uh, midway through that uh, Fulham fixture and Mitchell, who is our four 4.0 defender de jour of the season right. moves to the right hand side. So yeah. it looks like Klein isn't a preferred starter and Mitchell would be preferred regardless of the side. So I still feel right. good about him and maybe he is the crystal palace defender to get. So those like, yeah. I think it's Lamptey Mitchell, and uh, Target or Kansa, I think, are the three defenders I'm, I would look at.
1: Okay. No no Leeds defenders, then. That, that's not on your um, radar. I, I guess their fixtures aren't so great. I guess that's a little maybe slightly off-putting. I mean, Leeds, Palace, yeah, right. Arsenal, Everton, It's 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 just okay.
0: Yeah, it's just okay to me, and I just don't have a good enough bead on... my feeling with Lee's is they're unpredictable for me. And that makes me slightly uncomfortable. And I know what to expect for better or worse from Brighton or
1: palace. So funny. That's like, it's almost exactly what I was just thinking uh, about their midfielders. You know, it's like, it's, it's the, yeah, they're just, it's a total, it's a little bit, it's still, it reminds me a little bit of wolves, uh, you know, when they came up three years ago and that feeling of like, I know that there's value here. Uh, I'm just not quite sure. Two to have yet. I mean, you know, in that yeah. case, Matt, Matt Doherty emerged pretty fast. But, um, but you're like Jimenez, like he looks good. You know, is it for real. I mean, it's sort of it's a Bamford-y conversation, I suppose. But um, I don't know. It's it's just it's interesting. All right, so let's a uh, couple more questions here. Um, this one, I maybe, maybe we just answer it and say no and, and move on. But I'll ask you, Brandon. Do we have any clear idea about what to do with the Chelsea attack or defense? Lots of questions about. Chelsea players
0: no zero I there was this (laughs) uh, there was this swell of interest in Chelsea heading into this weekend I don't understand why I mean Manchester United bit of an odd team there were some question marks about Maguire coming into the weekend even you were asked out there asking about Pulisic versus Havertz and I just I the the story remains the same with Chelsea this season where great players it will come together at some point I don't think it's anywhere close to coming together. So why are we talking yeah. about this?
1: I just couldn't figure out what to do uh, in that in that slot. And it's it sort of the price points are pretty good for some of these Chelsea mids. If you take them to be a really good Champions League level team, which they certainly have, like the they have the the bones. You know, they've got good bones, Brandon, like an old house. But they need sure. they need to figure out how to you know then just strip it down to the. Uh, the hardwood floors, you know, and, and, and start fresh. I, it, it, you yeah. know, with, ideally with a new manager, I, am I, am I too, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, are you, I mean, you're a, you're a big Frank Lampard fan, right? Like you, you're a big supporter. He, of he and, was, and he was
0: my favorite player of all time. And now he is yeah. my favorite manager of all time. So it's been <laughs> just <the> seem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no disrespect to the man and the club kind of needed yeah. him to come in and, be a cheerleader during a trans transitional season. He got them into the Champions League, which is incredible. But yeah, right, they quick, they they need to move on quickly. Quick,
1: yeah, quick. Uh, uh, like like regular non fantasy question uh, for a, a moment. Who is the first manager to get sacked this season, Brandon? I pulled up the table here, scrolled down to the bottom of the table. I see. I, I think I, I feel like I'm seeing two two move through i'm gonna say three contenders okay okay uh, okay i'm seeing uh, scott parker clearly mm-hmm. you know yep. a big big fan he has no idea what he's doing unfortunately <laughs> he's like a nice guy um <laughs> you have uh ollie Gunnar solshire i mean uh, as, as far as i know like you know, you know pochettino is like basically like getting like a red suit you know uh tailored for him right now <laughs> just red red dress.
0: slacks red blazer red shirt yeah, underneath he's gonna,
1: like, he's gonna look like jack white it's gonna be awesome <laughs> 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 and then and then you've got and then you've got frank lampard i mean they spent you know 300 million dollars to 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 bring in this entirely new team of like the best players in the world and I, I don't know how much you blame the players or uh, maybe Hakim uh um, Ziyech's ZX, injury is so significant that it's just upended everything Lampard planned to do this season. I don't know, but uh hard to be hugely impressed with what with, with, you know with, with with what they've done so far as well.
0: Yeah, I, I sadly I think Scotty Parker is going not going to outlast Lampard or Solskjaer though I agree with you. Um I wonder if it's if it's just going to take a little longer for Manchester United and Chelsea to figure out what's going on as they have more uh invested in lining up the next manager whereas Fulham is just like get us out of here call big Sam <laughs> I don't know it's a very and it's oh, a less God, expensive that is move so... it's a, that is it's such the be,
1: move, isn't it? Uh, It'll be yeah. stunning if they don't bring Sam Allardyce in. That is such a perfect yeah. well, first of all, I actually think there's some pretty good players on Fulham right now. I, I think a decent manager, they could go on a little three match run or something. Um, yeah. there, is know, something there. You know, there is something there.
0: There is something there for sure. And they could they could do a Huddersfield Town and and survive. What was it did Huddersfield Town? Anyway.
1: Year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: precisely. That's that's where I was going with that. But um Yeah, I just think it's an easier sack to make and a a cheaper sack for Scotty Parker. So he's going to be the first to go.
1: Yeah, and back to Chelsea, Yeah, I, I think, again, yeah, we don't have to spend too long on every one of these questions because I think the answer for both of us uh, is, yeah, you will occasionally get this Timo Werner 16-point return, uh, but you just don't know which player it's going to be any particular game week right now, and it's not clear what the formation is. I mean, the, the defense is, I feel like, a similar problem, but Mendy, Mendy certainly looks looks like he's the answer um, at keeper, which, which is, yeah. you know, really good for them. But, um, but okay. So you've resolved that. They've also conceded three goals to Southampton and, and, and uh, West Brom, you know, and two of the last four. Um, and so you don't really want Zuma, the James hospital, thing is totally unresolved. I guess that leaves Chilwell uh, but he's a bit expensive at 5.5 million for a player who won't be keeping many clean sheets. So yeah. you know, it's, it's a tricky one.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's uh, Chelsea is for attack only, Chelsea is not for defense, and I think those are the rules this season. Yeah, all right. What, I, what's the next question?
1: All right, question number four should we quit messing around and just get Salah and Mane? Just get them both,
0: right? I'm glad that we're uh swerving the question of is it time to get Mane instead of Salah because I don't know
1: yeah, I don't have time for that one either, that. yeah.
0: Um Gosh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking about the fact that Liverpool are just not, they've only rarely are the team that puts four or five goals past. And I feel like it's been a like two seasons since we've seen that full yeah. throttle, heavy metal football version of Liverpool. They've kind of tamed themselves. Oh, what with, are you
1: to, Rafa Honingstein, Yeah, just... yeah, right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Read my book coming to an independent retailer near you. Yeah. Um, so that's what be my main concern is I, I feel, feel like people get rattled because money and Sala share these returns and you're like, oh, I'm just always, I feel like I'm on the wrong side of the coin week to week. Right. So I don't have both. But if you have both, then you're still going to be on the wrong side of the coin as well as the right side. Do you see what I mean? You're like um, over hedging.
1: Do I see what you mean? Uh, yeah, like you're gonna I, have yeah, one week yeah. you
0: one week one of them's gonna return and right, the other one right. is not. So you're yeah, gonna but, have a twelve million player who's doing nothing.
1: Well, I, I don't think okay, but but there are there are many, many game weeks where they both return. That is that is like that is almost like a more often than not situation where both of them return in matches. So I I, I don't know if it is never. I mean, I just wonder if it is a, a, I mean the the problem, of course, is that they're incredibly expensive this year. They've never been Salah's been this this price for a while, but Mane has never been at that price either, and so it it does um, it it does make things more complicated for sure. Uh, I don't know. I just like there's no easy way to do it. Um, you would you would really have to give. I, I don't know that you can have Sun and Kane and Sala and Mani. I mean, without. I, I don't even know how I would make that happen. You know, it feels like it would, it would, it would require so many sacrifices elsewhere. I mean, uh, certainly Robertson would have to go. You know, it's like at some point when you like are just cutting into the bone of your team to have one player, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if Kane or Son, like if one of them got injured or you know, that team just goes off the boil a little bit, I would come back to this idea. Because it's actually an idea that I had going into the season, which is I'm just gonna get both these two players. I'm going to let everything else on my team sort itself out. I'm just going to have solid money. And lo and behold, you know, here we are six weeks into the season. And those two players are both in the top five for, for, you know, for, you know, midfielder points in the season. So it's, um, it does, you know, looking through like, I mean, I hear what you're saying about like in a particular week, maybe one or the other, but looking at it through like a a lens of like 10 game weeks or so, you know, it does seem like you would come out ahead. I, I think if you can, you know, if you. She can make it work.
0: Possibly. Possibly. It's – I feel like it's the conversation we were having earlier where we're focusing on forwards because midfielders are – while there's lots of options, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. And there are so many –
1: Well, that's a good – you're right. You're right. It's a good point because – Okay, so he's gotten 39 points in the season, Sadio Mane, right? It's fifth for midfielders. He's 12 yeah. million overall. So we go to look at the forwards. We have Danny Yangs, Callum Wilson, Jamie Vardy, Dominic Calvert Lewin, Patrick Bamford, and Harry Kane. Those six players, those, yes, yeah, six players all have more points than Sadio Mane on the season. granted Mane did miss one match, uh, but they are all significantly cheaper. In some cases, four or five million cheaper uh, mm-hmm. than Sadio Mane. So it is, you know, you do have to think about team structure a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's a fun experiment. Like if, if, yeah. like if Kane was not doing so extraordinarily well right now, then if I were to move Kane to a, uh, you know, to a, Danny Ings, let's say that brings up 2.2 million. I've got Mares. Uh, I add that to what I've got in my bank right now. I'm at 10.6, right? I'm only, I'm not that far away from money. Like it is, you know, you move Robertson to Semedo or something and suddenly you've done it. So it's not, it's not impossible, uh, to do, but I, um, I don't know. It's just like, it, 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 I don't think it works when Kane and son are so good. I think they're really the really the ones who, who block that from happening. It's so
0: good. I'm going to reserve it for my free hit chip. Solo plus money. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. That's that's, that's smart. Uh, all right, final question. Uh this is this is like a like a longer-term question. We don't have to spend too long on this one, but uh Sneaky Blinder asked uh, who are the best players target game weeks 7 through 9? Uh, I exp- expanded a little bit to game weeks 7 through 10. I I think it's useful to think about this because I have been looking ahead to the next couple of fixtures and you know, especially having two transfers and I'm like, who even has two good fixtures in a row right now? Like, it's very unclear <laughs> who you would even yeah. get with with your you know with your transfers. Like, who is the, you know? Now, granted, like it's not all about fixtures, but ideally, um, you you like to have them. I mean, yeah, like it's it helps uh, if you you know if you're playing you know poor teams. I mean, it, it just right. you, know, you know clearly. So, um, not done to relitigate the whole form versus fixture debate. So. Looking ahead, are there other teams that you think have some standout fixtures over the next few game weeks?
0: Yeah, West Ham is a team that we haven't really talked about. And if you look at their fixtures through game week 10, Liverpool and game week seven, uh, not great. Then you have Fulham, Sheffield United and then Villa. So particularly if you want to target game weeks eight, nine, Mikel Antonio scoring bicycle (laughs) kicks against like European contenders. What is not to love about that guy? I think if if we're talking about the year of the forward, very affordable dude right there. And I love those fixtures, a great London Derby in game week eight for him. That's one to target.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good pick. He has a little bit of a hamstring issue right now. So hopefully that, Although that gets, that gets resolved. Well, but you, that maybe
0: you, just move to Jared Bowen, your, your buddy, Jared
1: Bowen. My boy. That's, that's not bad. Actually. He actually has looked pretty good. I have yeah. to admit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, Everton, I think, uh, it's, there's a temptation just cause you always want the new, the exciting next player, right? Like to be like, okay, James, like that was fun. Let's move on. But they play, um, they play Newcastle in game week seven. Uh, they play Man United in game week eight and I, and that's a home match. I actually think that, um, uh, I, I I could see him doing something in that match. And then Fulham in game week nine uh, leads in 10. So I, I don't think you can really do anything with your Everton assets. Uh, I think even Brennan should keep Dean just for sentimental reasons, you know, just because the <laughs> run is so good. Well, <laughs> I,
0: I kind of, I don't know what's going to happen to Dean because it's like, which is the bigger priority, Van Dyke or Dean? Van Dyke, who right. will not ret- return this season. I know mm-hmm. I joke that I'll just uh, sell him and buy him back cheaper. Um Uh, that was funny a week ago. It's not that funny anymore. Um, but do I sell him first and then kind of wait the whole Dean thing out or is, I I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if Dean's going to lose any value this week.
1: I'm sure he will, whether it's like – it's not going to be 0. 0.3, I don't no, think. No, no way. Just so, 0.1, yeah. yeah so 0. 0.1, whatever. I took a 0. 0.1 on Mares yesterday uh, just because I couldn't figure out what to do, and I wasn't going to burn a transfer just for, for 0.1. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I, the D1 is tricky. Um, I can't remember – they, do they have any League Cup matches? I think the League Cup is done for a while, right? So there's no there's no chance you could get him back for the Fulham match because that would be the one you'd really want.
0: Right, right. D4. And that, that was – that was my whole strategy with the wild card: is focus on Everton and Wolves because you know these are the best teams without yeah. European commitments, and yeah. um, it's, it's proved out. not to be a simple. Well, yes, to 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 a degree, I think. Um, I mean, two out degree, of three,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, Saison Saison Jimenez.
0: Yeah, I need to. I need to be more, a little more positive about that. What about Spurs um, with West Brom in game week eight? But then yeah. choppy choppy waters immediately uh with manchester city in game week nine and chelsea in game week 10
1: yeah i mean the thing about so they you know we, hard to evaluate them because they don't play till tomorrow um and so i i don't want i don't want to have any takes that like just immediately sound stale once that match is done but um next two fixtures in game week seven or eight are fine i'm not i'm not even going to worry at all about about the upcoming ones after that and and honestly man city at home chelsea away it's not clear to me from an attacking perspective those are even bad fixtures for Spurs I yeah I don't think Lampard sets up in that hyper defensive style in a home match um in Man City although they look better now with with you know cancelo who I mean he looked more than serviceable on the left I don't think he's a natural right back I believe but he looked quite good on the right. yeah match.
0: he was he was their most threatening uh player on the wing uh they're probably most Sterling. competent defender in that match. I mean, Ruben Diaz, I like him. He he cuts yeah. a very um sort of commanding, commanding. figure in the I box. I agree.
1: Yeah. Weird that Sterling was so silent in that match. It was just odd. Is like, it weird? Just, isn't yeah. that? Isn't that
0: like his uh yeah. his natural state these days?
1: I know. And now I guess Guerrero's injured and um and Jesus isn't going to be back for a few weeks. I guess he's going to play as a forward again, but it's it's not clear to me that that's even a good thing for him like that that's actually going to here is the most
0: hilarious thing about the aguero injury not not that i not that we should find find comedy and this is is his livelihood and all that but pep comes out and says no 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 it was not a reoccurrence of a former injury this is a new injury and you're just thinking like how many different parts of aguero's body can become injured at this point yeah Uh, it's 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 just insanity
1: so man city play Sheffield United away, Liverpool at home and Spurs away in their next 3. After that they have quite a nice run of matches. I I think my th- my my thinking right now is I'm just going to like not have man city players for 3 weeks and and give and over those three weeks, I will maybe try to bank a transfer or something. We'll know more about about Spurs, for example. We'll know whether we want to see doubled up on them at that point. Um, it would be great to have De Bruyne back. I mean, they play Fulham at home and game week eleven. Like God knows, we're all going to want to have Man City players for that one um so my thinking is i'm just not really going to worry too much about them until like game week nine and then i'll start to think about my transfers and how i might set them up but i'm not going to put myself on a a path to bringing a man city player back right now it just seems too early for that
0: i'd be more eager to bring a manchester united attacker in sure for them if i mean as discombobulated as manchester united have been in spurts this season at least Bruno Fernandez has been consistent and looks yeah. like a solid player and kind of doesn't need a team around him if, yeah. if if necessary. And Marcus Rashford uh also looking to be in pretty good form. So once we hit Game Week nine and they host West Brom followed by Southampton, that actually is more uh will I predict will be more attractive than city players.
1: They they may. I mean it's sort of it's it's, it's a little bit like the Canaan Sun thing where you just want you want it like You want to understand when you're bringing an attacking player what their path to goals is – or R whatever the grammar is there. You know, like you understand that with Man United, Rashford and Bruno are going to be involved in the goals, just like you know that with 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 Kane. This is why Watkins can go for me, because there's no path for Ollie Watkins to score goals except by accident, because Jack Greelich will never pass him the ball. You know, and it's just like there so I don't want Watkins for that reason. I I don't understand how he's gonna score unless he does it by accident. This is why uh Tima Werner to me is a problem, because it, it's not clear to me how Werner scores goals. Like it's not, yeah. I can't see the path. And so it's yeah. like, you know, for me, like this has sort of become like a guiding principle for me this season is like, I'm, it's almost just like applying like a bit of logic and like understanding of like watching like a ton of these matches, understanding how these teams play. And then just thinking about, well, can I even see them scoring in this match? Can I even see how they could score a goal? And mm-hmm. this is, this is the Mara's problem. It's like Mara's looks good and he's going to start most matches, but He's just never really part of the team, you know, in a way that, you know, Phil Foden, even in limited minutes, just seems to make so much more sense in that squad. Brendan, that's your Game Week 7 preview. Just very quickly, uh, have you thought about who your captain is going to be or are you going to wait till after tomorrow's match?
0: Well, I do have a bus team because I'm not sure. a fool. I'm not just sure. your garden variety FPL hobo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I've still got the armband on Salah. I mean it, you know the Ham, the I logic know. that we've discussed about playing at anfield you you do want to back Mousala, yeah and West Ham uh you know as I have this thing with Belbuena, Belbuena burned me a couple of seasons ago and I brought yeah. him into my squad, and my f p l defense fell to pieces, so now I need to exact revenge somehow yeah. some way against Belbuena <laughs> yeah. i mean um. Spurs also have a home match and they're playing Brighton and Brighton's, you know, defensive structure is somewhat fraught and then you map that over Spurs form and that's very tempting. So the vice is on Kane, but I'm I'm still looking at Sala.
1: Yeah. uh, This even harder than this week, I think it'll be to separate those two. They're they're both extremely viable captain picks. I'm not sure that one is uh, it's like, you can overthink it a little bit because they're both such good, good picks. Um, All right. So that is your Game Week 5 preview. Uh, We're going to take one more short break, and then we're going to get back and do our lightning round for Game Week 7. Brandon, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Brandon, there are, are, are many lesser sites out there. Indeed gives you full control. And oh, those are my words, by the way, not theirs, Brandon. They, they're, they're not imputing <laughs> anybody else. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. that myself. We're,
0: we're ready to do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Happy to do it. Uh, I can think of many that are worse. Uh, I've been there before. Uh, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long term contracts. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Brandon, I've had to hire a couple people in the last couple of years, and it is a miserable experience. So I, I like the idea of a little more visibility. Try Indeed out with a, this is before I knew about Indeed. Uh, try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. This offer is valid through December 31st.
0: All right, let's take a minute to talk about our friends at bet online. Football is back. That's college football, NFL, Premier League football, La Liga, uh, Syria. still
1: to records, Brandon, it's all happening.
0: The, the action is over. The Lions win though. The Lions do win and you yeah. you might not be at the games this year, but you can at least be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all those great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, everybody, you've heard Brandon talk about Manscaped. Now it's my turn. Fellas, twenty twenty has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Oh my god, you are telling me, Brandon? Luckily, <laughs> our partners at Manscape. Every day, I debate whether it's even worth you know the shower. It's it's, it's a total <laughs> coin flip. Uh, our partners at Manscape made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private dong salon. Manscaped is a mission is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below the waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, the United Kingdom, Brandon. That's. England, Scotland, Northern of- Ireland. Ireland. thats right. Yeah. Uh, Canada and Australia, uh, as well as America, of course. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Also, it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Even further below the belt, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and most importantly, paraben-free. All right, Brandon, so you want to use code ALWAYS and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Basically, all I'm saying is if you love your package or somebody in your life does, or you want to give it to somebody who does, visit manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALWAYS! <laughs> all right brandon lightning round uh it's sort of uh, the lightning round you'd expect after a game week where everyone's got about 19 points uh first one comes from uh Gibgot, who says has this season changed the way you play fpl in the future it's definitely had that effect on me i will never i repeat never wild card unless i have to <laughs> it says have faith in your original 15 you pick them for a reason just use transfers what do you think
0: I think that's a good point from Gib Gob in the uh Gibgob, Gibgad. I I don't know you personally. You seem like a great manager and I have faith that you'll pull it through uh-huh. this season. Yep. Um there was that decision point that I think about in that what I like the penultimate game week one tinker. And if I look right. back at that team, that was probably the happiest I was. This FPL season. And <laughs> I think it's true that I had picked that team for a reason. And then I just started hedging and equivocating and early wildcarding, and it ended up being a mess. And I don't think this is me changing my style, but just it for this season. Thus far, and we're still early on, is just further solidifying the notion of it is so easy to fall into old habits. It's so easy to get drawn into FPL traps. The hardest thing to do as an FPL manager is to stick by some very firm, broad guiding principles. And so I, I guess my point is, I hope to not change the way I play, but just change the way I actually focus my energy you know what I mean
1: yeah I do I mean I think um, that's what I was um, sort of getting at the in that last section when I was talking about um, just thinking about teams a little bit more when I make my transfers thinking about how they play and who is involved in the play and and being a little more logical um, I think I, I' just I'm firmly I firmly understand now that I'm just not uh, and I guess this sort of gets to the question of, like, uh, you know, has, has the season changed the way I look at NFL in the future? I think it has only further solidified the idea that I don't really want to be um, especially stat-based. Um, I I can look at a heat map, and I enjoy doing it, and I can—I'm um, not, like, a, I'm not opposed to, to XG or XAA or— or any any combination of stats that get thrown out there to imply that somebody is about to go off. I mean, I'm 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 welcome to all of that stuff, uh, but it's not in my wheelhouse, and I'm not going to outsource my decisions to people who it is their wheelhouse, right? Like yeah. I I just wanted to be like sort of one package because I don't really enjoy the game as much when I'm not trusting whatever it is that i use and the people who use stats they love it they like they really trust it they really um rely on it it's it's a big part of their part of the part of the fun of them is like trying to crack the code um and for me part of the fun of it is like the narrative you know it's like yeah sometimes i'll say like chelsea sucks or whatever you know it's like i'm just like but to me like that's just part of the fun of fantasy is being like they suck they're good i want this guy i don't want that guy they're you know it's just like this it's this sort of um I don't want to debate whether uh, Shay Adams is better than his returns. You know, <laughs> I just want to be like, I, you know, it's it just, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it's, it's a valuable conversation to have. It's just not the one that I particularly want to have. And, and when it comes to my own team, uh, I I'm just going to use my instincts a little bit more and sort of roll with it, you know, and hopefully it works out.
0: The miracle of the 21st century is like previously we had the pyramids. We had the invention of, you know, the automobile. Now we have the internet, and the internet was invented as this wondrous thing, so that we had the freedom to throw out things like Chelsea sucks, and
1: <laughs> that's just that's yeah. just kind of where we're at. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, and so I, I want that to. Be, I, I mean, I guess this is what the whole make fantasy fun again idea is, right? Is is sort of. Um, finding your path to enjoying fantasy. Like maybe you are stat-based. Maybe you just want to like, I mean, I think of like our friend Red Dagger who just, I mean, it it seems clear to me that he gets the most fun just being on our Slack, just just having fun with people just like goofing yeah. around you know sure. like that's you know it's like it's a it's a it's like a virtual like not to be like super cliche here but it's like a virtual water cooler right where it's like you just sort of yeah. like you like meet people there and you chat and it's like you maybe start off talking about fantasy and then you kind of spin off everywhere and so so yeah maybe it's stats maybe it's using your instincts maybe it's just having fun and not taking the end result too seriously and it's like just one of those three or some combination of them i'm sure there's other ways to, to think about it that i'm maybe it's like having like a head-to-head with your um you know i mean i still love that we have this head-to-head with each other you know it's just sort of a fun mm-hmm. little thing you know it keeps the stakes high
0: yeah all right next question in the lightning round comes from benny blanco do you think the huge variance in results and the chaotic lines so far this season have aided the more casual fpl manager and with less goals this weekend and some actual clean sheets are we returning to some sort of normality that the more engaged manager can benefit from yeah. um i don't know about you josh but i don't see how i'm benefiting from the um from what's <laughs> transpired over yeah. this weekend yeah
1: i've getting 23 points so far in this game week is uh is an improvement then yeah but i mean it was sort of like you you were saying at the start of the episode right which is that we saw some normal score lines this week we did see something that was more normal uh so that that could yeah i mean we saw everton come back to earth a little bit we saw aston villa come back to earth a little bit um as a fan of the as a fan of the premier league as a fan of watching matches on the weekends um i don't necessarily want the the big six to just reassert themselves again. That doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, and so I, I hope it, I hope it lasts for a while, but yeah, I think when things are more settled, it does make things easier. I was also, I, I almost include this cause I was so impressed with the polite way that he said more casual and more engaged instead of the like classic <laughs> casuals, which I always like, like makes me like grit my teeth a little bit. Like, yeah, like, Hey, like, just because they're doing better than you doesn't mean they're cat. Like you know, it's like, casuals is like only reserved people who are doing better than you, right? It's like, right? It's like, oh, those or, casuals. or, or <laughs> yeah, ca-
0: casuals are people who don't have a crippling disease that uh, it, it, that has addicted them to this completely pointless fantasy, game. <laughs> right, exactly. and, and they're actually just these really just intelligent football do. fans, and it's something totally. they do yeah to, to keep in touch with their kids. Yeah, our
1: friend Chris uh, Howell, right, is like a, one of a longtime producer patrons. It's like, yeah. I. He is somebody who enjoys all parts of this, but he is not a... Um, like to call him like to call someone like him a casual would be so insulting to me. Like it's yeah, like just because right. he has like things that aren't fantasy that he also enjoys does not make you, you know, yeah. uh, a casual. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't like that term. Yeah,
0: I did have this thought last week with my um, my first Green Arrow of the season, and yeah. it, it wasn't like anything that catapulted me to where I wanted to be, but there was this feeling in game week five that there was some stabilizing, and it wasn't. I still think that this season is going to continue to be defined by some level of chaos and unpredictability. But um, I think that feeling of stabilization that I had last week was just a symptom of, of just a pattern of learning. Um, (laughs) And like, we're getting to know this season more and more as each week goes by. And I think that feeling is just going to get, more and more underlined and i don't think it's going to solve any of our problems but we're just going to uh, kind of learn to live with it with some some degree of comfort
1: yeah and it was certainly we didn't have we you know you got the bamford 17 pointer on friday and you're like oh my god this could be another crazy one and that was kind of like the one that was the one real extreme moment and other than that i think the other seven matches were pretty Pretty restrained. So it could be that we're settling in a little bit. Yeah. Um, although the red cards, my gosh, like for a while it was yeah. penalties and now it's red cards. It's like every week just is like VAR.
0: Yeah, I, I we don't yeah. want to talk about VAR, but it's just continues to be the stupidest thing. Just um and
1: sports. Watch, yeah. Watching everything so closely does not Make for a more enjoyable experience. Uh, yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, all right, Kieran says, final. The fuzz are our final in our question this week, after benching McCarthy, KWP, and Reese James this week, so that's what, like 21 points, I think? <laughs> a lot of points. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting at 1.4 million. Is there ever a point at which to give up on your overall goal in FPL? And in his case, it's top 50K. Uh-huh. So, yeah. uh, Well, Tendry it's Calibre? not—
0: Yeah. You, the word is recalibrate. It's not give up because in all honesty, your goal of the top 50 K was never actually a goal. It was just a hope. I think we, this is our 10th season playing Josh. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, we each have seasons in which we've done really well. And then we, we've, we've had swingy seasons where we totally missed the mark. Mm -hmm. And that is just how it's going to be. I mean, even if, there are like legendary FPL managers whose names have been etched into stone who you know four seasons in a row in the top 1000 or top 10k and yeah. then they will ultimately produce a season in which they're like top 500k that's just the yeah. nature of it so this this will come full circle
1: yeah and i mean it's it's a little like a poker tournament or something right i mean it's like you yeah, like Eric Seidel does not win every single poker tournament he plays in, right? Like, there, there is a little bit of, like, we don't know how these matches, how, we don't know how any any given match is going to, let's say, fantasy game, right? Like, these matches have not been played yet. There's not like a code that can get cracked. It's not like we're, it's not like we're tr- like mining for Bitcoin or something, you know? And it's like we seem to like put together the right, you know, mathematical formula to get there. It's like we don't really, we don't, we don't quite know. I mean, I, I will say, you know, with all of that said, being at 1.4 million, I mean, you could be in the top 50 K by three weeks like that, that you know, like yeah, that, at this point in the season. Um, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take that much at all, right? Three green arrows and you'd probably be in the top 100 K. So, um, I don't think there's any, uh, you know, and I mean, this, the season is, it's a very, very long season and there's, there's still 32 weeks left. It, it very It's a grind. So, um, I wouldn't even be looking at your overall rank right now. Like, you know, you can those overall goals, I I I'd be well, I'd be you just 20 weeks into the season before you really start to take that stuff, you know, too seriously. And by then you may have a new goal, right? Because you'll be you'll know where you are and you'll know what mm-hmm. the what the goal should be. And
0: just stop playing FPL like it's the last time you'll ever play FPL. We're all going to be doing this next season. We're all going to be <laughs> doing this for many seasons. Yeah. So <laughs> if for whatever reason it just falls on its face this season
1: You'll be back.
0: So everyone is always like, "Oh no, it's all over." That's fine. Like it'll, we'll do it again.
1: Yeah, I'm like prone to some drama myself, but I, you know, but you can't. Yeah, there's like a little too. I think it's because everybody's home all the time, and it's just it's just carrying with people a little bit too much right now. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, first of all, it's a fluky season. Second of all, we're lucky they're even playing these matches, right? Because there's like a all kinds of COVID explosion. We're lucky that we get to sit at home on Saturdays and watch all this stuff. Like it's it, it could be it could be a lot worse. And um yeah, I mean I just think that it's uh it's it's the it, the it, 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 i the people who seem sad about it. That like the anger I can almost understand. You and I were t- messaging about this earlier. Yeah. It's like anger I kind of understand because that's that part of the fun for me is getting anger. It's like it's like a it's almost like a, a healthy outlet for me, right? Like I'm yeah. not like a um I'll get mad like at the a tea I mean, kettle. Yeah, like you let you, you let it all out and then it's and then it's sort of fun. And then you don't do it at work or with your family or whatever. You know, it's sort of this like a little place to go and, and have fun. And uh but the people who get sad about that, that's the stuff that bums me out a little bit when people are like, I'm just so, you know, like I can't um, ruin my weekend or whatever. And I feel like that's that is when you've like you've skied a little too far. And I, I really not to sound like an old man or whatever, but I do not think going on social media and talking about this stuff helps most people. I think that it only sinks you further in and so if you are not enjoying fantasy this year i hope you keep us in the podcast that would be great uh at least at least download it and click play for a second brandon uh but i think uh but i think being uh, on social the media, uh, coupon
0: code is always at manscape.com <laughs> right.
1: but i think uh i would not uh i don't know i just feel like i would not um be on social media because i only think it makes you feel worse when you're not doing well
0: Right, because it's just like a – it's a cone of FPL when, once I dive into yeah. my Twitter and it's just uh, – it's its tricky.
1: Yeah, oh, it's a breakfast and then, and then like anytime you like talk about how things didn't go well or like uh, some player that you dropped did well or whatever, you have like four at replies telling you, uh, well, actually I kept him myself and I'm doing great. And you're like, well, who asked you? You know? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who, who asked anyone? We asked you, the listeners of Always Cheating, to, uh, to listen, and we thank you for that. We also asked you to support. If you like what you yeah. hear week in, week out, there's a way to say thanks to Josh and I. Uh, just visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can become a supporter. And uh, get stuff in return, like an extra podcast every week, access to our prize leagues and our our Slack chat forum, and even T-shirts at certain tiers. So that's something fun that you can do. And uh, our biggest tier on Patreon is our producer tier. Josh, every week we thank our
1: producers. And this week, you've got the job. All right, and uh, thank you to, while well, we started recording, we got a new producer patron. Uh, so thank you to Bobby Stiles, the newest always cheating producer. Uh, you're getting a shout out right at the top there, uh, Bobby. Uh, thank you as well to uh, Trevor Eggerson, Mike DePetro, Chris Howell. I name checked a lot of producers on this week's podcast, Brandon. Uh, Chris Howell, uh, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Benning, Dave Wegner, Lodell, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, by the way, Jazz Benning, uh, there was a black horse meetup this weekend, Brian. Right? We both missed it though. It was very, yeah, very sad I was about, that. about
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: outdoor, of course, socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Uh Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Fobrick, Skoging, Paul Hertzek, Kaya Kirstine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann. Uh, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, producer man. This, this producer read feels very long this week, but I'm not sure why. It's
0: You're doing great, just, Josh.
1: Yeah, thank you. I need to, to take a breath there. Uh, Bruce Kerr, Albert Paksoi, Nicholas Vern- Vernadakis, Sam Schauer, Henry Baker, Will Husby, Rich Evans, and our newest producer patron, Bobby Stiles. Thank you so much to everyone who supports the podcast. If you want to support the podcast. Obviously, you can go to Patreon, but you can also just rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast. Um, I have been using Spotify more and more for my own podcast. That's why I often share a link to Spotify on on uh, social media because I feel like uh, that, that is where people often are. So um, you can certainly find us on there. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. We don't pick up our Instagram account enough. We probably don't post on there enough, Brandon. Right? We used to when we actually met in person <laughs> more <laughs> often. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Facebook, Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. You can email us, HailCheaters at gmail.com, and you can visit our website, AlwaysCheating.com, to learn about all this stuff so brandon nice talking to you good luck tomorrow uh, i know yeah, big
0: returns know. we need some big returns come on harry kane yeah. Save i need you buddy weeks.
1: yeah exactly all right hail poku